Well, some of you know who Marcus and, and Joni Lamb are. Uh, they started Daystar TV Network years ago. And last week, um, Marcus had gone home. And last week, we ended up that we kind of caught a little bit of the service, the life celebration. And um, it was amazing how many preachers, how many pastors and evangelists that attended there. And some of these pastors gave a message. And one of the messages came through Jensen Franklin. I think most of you know who Jensen Franklin is. And he's a pastor at Free Chapel in Gainesville, Georgia. And so we all know the praise song, um, put on the garment of praise. For what? For the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. So you notice it says put on. Now normally, like a garment, we have to put our own clothing on, right? Uh, unless we have a health problem and we need somebody to dress us. But otherwise, we are dressing ourselves. And we have to dress ourselves with these garments. And he, get, he named three garments that um, really took a hold of me. And I thought, you know what? I, I know that you're drawing me to that and you're going to write a message. And so I'm going to expand on these garments. And he, lift, he listed three, but um, I'm going to list more. Now, today, I'm only going to list two. But next week, then I'm going to list some more that the Lord's been laying on my heart. So the first one he mentioned was a garment of praise. You know, um, Psalms 42.6 says, Here I am, depressed and downcast. Yet I will still remember you as I ponder the place where your glory streams down from the mighty mountaintops, lofty and majestic, the mountains of your awesome presence. You see, the psalmist is still looking to him. Yeah, he's downcast, he's depressed, but he's still putting his focus on God, his majesticness. Who is he? He is Lord. You know, we, we focus on him. We don't focus on our circumstances. How many times have I said that? Over and over and over again. So even though the psalmist was feeling depressed, he isn't going to allow himself to stay there. Instead, he's going to focus on the Lord and his goodness and his mercy and his grace. And now he's praising the Lord for how he counsels him in the darkness of the night circumstances and also in the night when he is sleeping and gives him wisdom on what the next step is. So it says here in Psalm 16, 7, the way you counsel me makes me praise you more. The way you counsel me. Are you listening to his counsel? Because he has counsel for each one of us. And he says, for your whispers in the night. I love that. Give me wisdom. So many times I have heard the Lord at nighttime. I guess that's when he can get a hold of me. <laughs> you know? I hear him a lot at night when I'm sleeping. Or how about darkness, period? We hear him in that darkness when we spend that time with him. And then it says, showing me what to do next. 
Do you need to know what the next step is? Do you need to know what's going on in your life? What's coming next? What does God want to do with you? Have you asked him? Have you asked for those whispers in the night? Have you said, Lord, I want to hear from you? Well, Psalms 50, 1 to 6, and they call it the Hallelujah Chorus. Do you ever think about what God thinks when we're saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I am so excited about you. Can you imagine how many people are doing that at the same time? A Hallelujah Chorus. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise God in his holy sanctuary. Praise him in his stronghold in the sky. Praise him. What should we praise him for? Praise him for his mighty miracles. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. That's what we praise him for, his magnificent greatness. How should we praise him? Well, if you got all these instruments, praise him with the trumpets blasting. Praise him with piano and guitar. Praise him with the drums and dancing. Praise him with loud clashing of cymbals. Can you imagine if we had all that going? Woohoo! <laughs> you know? Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Now, we don't have those instruments, but we do have instruments right here in our vocal cords. And we can get up every day and say, praise you, Father. I praise you for your magnificent greatness. Every day we can get up and say that. Do you know if you get up and you start praising the Lord, what's going to happen? You're going to have much joy in your heart for that day. I notice the days that I don't immediately go to God. I notice those days. Because I can get more frustrated, I can get more, uh, you know, just I feel like I got to get this done and I got to get this done and I got to get this done. And instead of going to the Lord first, which is what we need to do, then we can lay it all at his feet. And then it's amazing how everything just starts to fall in place. Even if somebody calls you that day and it changes your whole schedule. But you've spent time with the Lord. And then the second one was the garment of faith. Faith. You put on the garment of faith. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Consider it nothing but joy. Nothing but joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience, produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Endurance leads to inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. Now, did you catch this? The testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. Endurance means the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. We are going to produce endurance going through hard trials because we learn to endure 
we learn to continue on and not give up, not not say, I've had it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to follow you, God, anymore because you aren't doing what I want to have done in this trial, in this test. I remember saying to the Lord, I don't know if I'm going to pass this. <laughs> you ever feel that? I don't know if I'm going to pass this test because I feel like, oh, my goodness, it's too hard, God. It's too hard. And that is our flesh. It is hard. What we're going through in a lot of these situations and people are seeing and uh, so much is going on. And it's hard and it's, it's difficult. But in this testing, it will produce endurance. And we will grow. We will grow in him. And we can rest assured that as we continue to follow our Father's lead, we will be able to endure. As long as we continue to follow his lead, that's when we endure. Otherwise, we don't follow his lead and we go off on another path by ourselves. We're not going to endure. We're going to say, I'm out of here and I'm not going that path anymore. I'm over here. This is it. And sometimes you feel like saying that. Sometimes you feel like, you know, this is too rough. This is too hard. I don't want to go through this anymore. I'm not going to stay on this path. Sometimes God gives us an assignment that, and most of the times the assignments that he gives us is not easy. You know why? Because he doesn't want us to complete that assignment without him. He gives us an assignment so that we will learn to depend on him even more. Believe me, the assignments that he has been giving me throughout the years, oh my, <laughs> I have learned to really roll it on to him and know, and I say this every Sunday, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. Then when I open up my mouth, you have to fill it. Because I can't do it without you. Faith brings us relationship with our Father. The more that you spend time with the Lord and get that close relationship with him, the more faith that you're going to have in him. The stronger the faith is going to be. Because you know him. And you not only know him, you know who you are. You know who you are in the Lord. Faith in God's protection gives us fearless faith. Psalms 27.1 says, This is David's poetic praise to God before he was anointed king. Yahweh is my revelation light and the source of my salvation. Revelation light. I love that. Yahweh is my revelation light and the source of my salvation. I fear no one. Can you say that? I fear no one. I'll never turn back and run. I'll never turn back and run. For you, Yahweh, surround and protect me. I fear no one. If you are in fear of anyone, hand that fear over to the Lord. Because we're not called to fear man. We're called to look at God and awe of him. 
and know that we can hand that fear over. We don't have to live in fear over this virus. We don't have to live in fear of what's coming next or what's behind or what's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen down the road 10 years from now? We're not to live in fear over anything. We are to roll it back. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I remember when God gave me this vision years ago, and I do not know how to swim. (laughs) I never learned. And um, I remember the vision that he gave me, I was in a swimming pool with him, in a swimming pool. And he was sitting down and he said, now, put your head back and just rest. And I'm like, you know, because I didn't want to drown, you know. But in this vision, I could just relax and just lay my head back. And he just held me in his arms. See, that's what he wants to do with each one of us. He just wants us to lay back and just relax in his arms and that gave me so much peace because that morning that he gave me that vision I wasn't in peace I was really having a hard time and I'm you know when I was having a hard time I'm there telling him all about it but you know here I am oh I don't know what to do God you know here it is you know I'm not you heard this and you saw this and you know and all of that and he just all of a sudden intervened gave me that vision said now lay back rest in my arms you love to do that just that song by Paul Wilbur that just makes you sit back and just honor and worship him Hebrews eleven six says and without faith living within us we have faith living within us it would be impossible to please God you know that It would be impossible to please God without him living inside of us. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Passionately. Are you passionate over him? Are you passionate? Are you running after him? Oh, Lord, I I need you. I want you. I just want to sit with you. Let me sit on your lap. Childlike faith. A little child, you know, you hear all these little children, what they have to say, you know? And and at Christmas time, you know, you go and you sit on Santa's lap, right? Well, what about God? You can sit on his lap. I know, sometimes that sounds a little crazy. It's like, yeah, how do you sit on God's lap? But you can. You can sit on his lap. And he loves to put his arms around us. He loves to hold us. He loves to protect us. He loves to whisper things in our ear. He's the lover of our soul. I remember when somebody first said that to me. Well, God's the lover of my soul. And I thought, how can that be? See, I understand that. If you have any kind of thought like that, understand it. Because I've been there. And I understand that. But now I also understand how he can become the lover of your soul because the more that you sit in his presence and he, you feel him, feel him, just like that song. 
You get into his presence and you feel him. The more that you do that, the more he becomes the lover of your soul. When we have faith in God, we see the evidence in the power of bold faith. I've talked about a bulldog holding on to a bone. You know, God says something to me, you ain't taking it from me. Because <laughs> I got that faith I heard from the Lord and I'm going to hold on to that. And I'm going to believe for that. And that's what he wants. He wants us to have bold faith. So most of you are familiar with Hebrews 11 being called the Hall of Faith. All right? When I was going through this, I thought, I picked up some things here, and I thought, wow, I never thought about this before. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and, brings the, and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So faith brings our hopes into reality. right there and it becomes a foundation that's needed to acquire the things that we long for and we have a longing don't we there are things that we haven't had answers to prayers yet we have that longing it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen this testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God. His words, the power of God's words, creative. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. He spoke it into existence. What's he want us to do? Speak it. Declare it. Come in and agree with his word and speak that declaration over ourselves and over our loved ones, over the situation. Speak to it. So let's talk about what faith in God does. Faith will bring obedience. If you have faith in God, you will obey him. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. You see, he gave his first fruits. He had faith that God was going to take care of him. Now, faith will cause us to rise up and take authority over the spirit of fear. Faith rises up takes authority over that spirit of fear, which is infiltrating all around. But our faith, who is already inside of us, rises up. We put on faith every day. We have to put, just like we put our clothing on, we got to put praise on, we got to put faith on. We got to put it on. Cain didn't have the faith to give God what was his. Jealousy set in. If you remember the story, jealousy set in and Cain killed his brother Abel. Now, this is what God warned. He warned him that sin was crouching at his door and he needed to rule over it. You catch that? Sin. God was saying, this is what's going on and this is what's going to happen. Sin is crouching at your door. In other words, he knew his heart. He knew that he was feeling jealous. 
He knew the rage that was coming inside of him, and he knew that he was about to kill his brother. And he's saying, you got to rule over it. What's that? Thoughts. How many people start out with these awful thoughts, and they keep entertaining them over and over and over? You know, Satan is, he always has poisonous darts, and he wants to have them fly right into your mind. You think about that? There he is, shooting those poisonous darts into our minds. Now, we can either accept it or we can reject it and rule over that. Faith will bring pleasure to God. Do you know that when you are trusting and having faith in God, you're bringing pleasure to him? You're bringing pleasure to him. Faith translated Enoch. Remember this story? There's not much in there. (laughs) From his life, and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. You ever ask the Lord, am I pleasing you, God? Am I a pleasure to you? Enoch was pleasing God. And faith will open our heart to hear God's voice. Open up your heart. Is your heart open to hear his voice? Are you hearing his voice? Go after that. Say, I want to hear from you. And you know what? Your word says, my sheep, I'm your sheep. My sheep will hear hear the voice of God. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. Faith opened up his heart to hear what God was saying to build an ark. (laughs) Did it look like anything was going to happen? Rain hadn't even come yet. Didn't even know what it was. Did it look like anything was going to take place? No. For a hundred (laughs) years. It did not look like that. But he kept the faith and he kept building and he kept doing what God called him to do. And see, that's what we have to do. We have to keep the faith and keep doing and keep doing until God says, okay, honey, this this is it now. I have something else. Faith motivates us to leave our comfort zones. You want to stay in your comfort zone? Oh, we like that, don't we? (laughs) We like to stay comfy cozy. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. He was destined to inherit from God. Now, God gave him a choice, didn't he? He could put on faith and leave his country and go where God called him, or he could say, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm staying in my comfy zone. God does give us choices. And then faith embraces God's miracle power. 
Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. Remember that story? She is way past, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. She tapped into his faithfulness. You are faithful. This is what I've been told. This is what's going to happen. Has God made you a promise? Are you still holding on to it? Are you still believing? Are you still trusting? I'm still holding on for Fred. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I'm still holding on. I'm still holding on for all situations that I've not seen yet in my family. I'm still holding on. I'm still trusting that everyone in my family is going to be saved and filled with the Spirit and will end up with Jesus in heaven. I am believing for that, and I am having faith for that, and I'm not letting go. And then people say, oh, well, that could never happen. Baloney! (laughs) That could never happen? With God, all things are possible. Either we're going to believe God's word or we're not. And we stand strong in him. And then faith embraces God's promises. Holds on to his promises. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham. For when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Can you imagine being told to sacrifice your son, who was the promised son that you were going to have? And then God's saying, now I want you to sacrifice him. Whoa. Dad, who's going to be the sacrifice? Can you imagine having to answer that? But Abraham trusted the promise of God that that was his son and he was going to become great. He had that promise that he could hold on. So either he was going to resurrect him or he was going to intervene some other way. And of course, we know that he had a little lamb there. God brought a little lamb. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't he magnificent? Isn't he great? See, we need to focus and see him as big as he is. I keep saying, Lord, I want to see you bigger. I want to see you bigger. And I have read this Hebrews 11 throughout the years, but never picked this up until I started doing this study, until I really picked it up. Faith believes in God's destinies for your family and imparts blessings to each one of them. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Jacob worshipped and faced reality at the end of his life, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each one of Joseph's sons. He imparted a prophetic blessing. Are you imparting a prophetic blessing over your family? You may not be able to be with them, but are you declaring that prophetic blessing over them? Think about that. And then faith brings divine inspiration. You know, we pray for divine inspiration. Faith inspired Joseph and opened up his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. 
and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. Faith inspired Joseph. Faith overcomes the spirit of fear. Faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. Faith overcomes the fear that mama put that little baby in that river. Hidden. What do we do as mamas, papas? Faith knows his true identity. Do you know your true identity? Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. Moses chose God's will over his own. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. I mean, he had the best. He was raised with the best. He was very wealthy. And yet, God was calling him out of all that wealth. He was calling him out of all the prestige and all the power that he grew up with. And he was calling him out of that. And he had a plan and he had a destiny for him. And Moses listened to God. He took off his shoes and he stood on that holy ground. That's where God wants us. He wants us to take off our shoes and stand on holy ground with him and take the calling that God is calling us to do. And if you don't know what it is, keep seeking him. Because Moses had no idea, but God showed him. And then faith chooses to please God over sin. Sin lasts for a season. And eventually it takes you down so bad that you don't even know how you got there. Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He preferred faith certainty because he had faith in God. He trusted him. And then faith brings great rewards. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed, more than anything in the world could offer him, for his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but the ultimate faith's great reward. Faith's great reward. And faith brings persistence. Do you realize this is all involved in faith? This is all involved in faith. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. He persisted. Faith brings persistence. God calls you to something, you persist in it. You stand in it. You call. You know that you've got that calling. So you stand and you trust God. And then faith stirs our heart to see the power in the blood of Jesus against the enemy. Faith stirred Moses. 
to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming their firstborn. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. Faith continues on that word. And we say, thank you, Father. You know, yesterday, when last night, when it was starting to really pick up in the wind, I always speak to it. And this is what I say. I always say, Jesus, you spoke to the wind and told it to stop. And you said we will do greater things than you have done. And so I speak to this wind. You will not destroy our property. You will not even come near us. You will not harm anybody in this area. And I just go through all these different places. And I pray that. I remember um, Lisa and I were heading down to South Carolina and there was a storm coming. I mean, it was really dark. It was starting to really pick up and be windy and I spoke to it. And I kid you not, it went like this and separated. And we went right through the path where we were on and we were not even touched. We weren't even, it, it didn't even blow. It all separated over in this area. And we never even saw any more of it. That's what faith does. You take, I mean, you take a hold of God's word. Do you really believe it? Because when we believe it, we do receive it. As we're believing for miracles, we believe for miracles, right? but we got to believe for it to receive it. It's just simply the way God made it. And then faith opens the door to a Red Sea miracle. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. They were swallowed up and drowned, not the Israelites. That all was opened up for them to walk through on dry ground. How do you walk on dry ground with all that water that was right there? Well, God blew on it. <laughs> and he made it dry. Yeah, God can blow on your circumstances. Come on, we got to get a step up in our faith in God and what he can do. What can he really do? And then faith provides a way of escape from fear, pulls down walls built by the enemy, and gives us peace. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab, the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of the unbelievers because she received the Hebrew spies in peace. Faith imparts power to make us strong in him. And when you're having faith, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace. Peace that passes all understanding. What does that mean? All understanding. You can't figure it out. But God didn't call us to figure it out. He called us to trust. He called us to have faith in him. And then faith sparks courage within us to become a mighty warrior. Are you a mighty warrior? We warrior.
war against the enemy, not the people. We war against the enemy. Every one of us Christians got to get into our closets and start praying for this country, this nation. Every one of us. War against the enemy. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Faith. They had faith in God. They listened to what God was saying, and they did. Faith enables us to go through hard times and endure great afflictions without denying our faith. Without denying our faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They weren't going to deny their faith. Okay, if I, if I live, I live. And if I don't, I don't. They're going to trust God. Faith causes us to hope. These were the true heroes commended for their faith. Yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised to them. But now God has invited us. This is the whole thing. He's invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faithfulness. This is so that they could be brought to finish perfection alongside of us. We have the fullness of God. We have Father God. We have Holy Spirit. And we have Jesus. And Jesus provided a way for us. A way for us. And the Father watched. He obeyed his Father. He trusted him. And that is where we are at. Are we obeying? Are we trusting? Are we relying on him? Or are we going around like the rest of the world and getting all worked up? And that is what, and I, I always say this, I'm always talking to me too. <laughs> because we are human and we have these human tendencies. You know, to look at things and, oh dear, what's going to take place here? Well, I don't know what's going on here. And yet, God's saying, trust me, have faith in me, rely on me. The question is, are you wearing a garment of self-pity and fear? Or did you put on your garment of praise and faith in God that no matter what happens in our life, God is always here for us. Next week, we're going to continue more of garments. Think about what garments are you putting on every day? Every day. What garments? Father, we just praise you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Thank you, Lord, that you are pleased when we lay everything at your feet. When we trust you and rely on you, Father, that pleases you. And so I ask, Lord, that you would just move in all of our hearts. That you would show us where we need 
to trust and to have faith in you. Where we've maybe taken a hold and, and gone another path with it and not laid it at your feet and trusted you. And so I thank you that you are our rear guard to protect us, that the angel of the Lord is encamped around us, that you pitched a tent and you are resting with us. And most of all, you are within us. So I speak favor upon favor upon favor, blessings upon blessings upon blessings, mercy upon mercy upon mercy, and grace upon grace upon grace. God loves you, and so do we.